The problem is, is that everybody through the pandemic wants that same exact spec around the world. So that will just give you an idea of how many insurmountable things that have happened in this and how do you keep your client happy. Hello, I'm Vivian Kay, your host on Business Class, Build It Braver, a podcast by American Express. Thanks for joining us. On this show, we introduce you to a different small business owner every episode, someone who's trying to do it all. Then we tap into the experiences of a notable Canadian entrepreneur who has grown a successful business. On this episode of Build It Braver, we're tackling an issue that's seriously affecting many Canadian businesses right now. I'm talking about supply chain challenges. The half-empty shelves you may see at the grocery store are just the tip of the iceberg. Companies of all sizes are feeling the impact. These days, everyone's suddenly shipping everything everywhere, and there are all kinds of issues getting in the way of those shipments. The global pandemic, climate change, various political and economic upheavals, these factors have created some major kinks in our supply chains. However, as you might expect, Canadian small business owners are facing the situation with innovation and great determination. They're tackling questions like, how can I manage my inventory? What are some ways to deal with inflation? What things can I do differently to keep my inventory moving? Our guests today will be diving into these questions and more. Make sure you listen to the end to hear the key takeaways for managing supply chain issues. That's coming up. All right, let's get going. Our first guest started her business out of curiosity. She wanted to create a range of skincare products that would not have a negative impact on the earth. Looking good while you save the planet? That's a win-win, am I right? Chris Lunardo is the founder and CEO of Sistine, a line of clean and eco-friendly skincare products. She's also the charismatic host of a popular beauty TV show where she uses her expertise in the industry to unravel the layers of all things beauty. Chris, your products make us look and feel good. Welcome to Build It Braver. Thank you so much, Vivian, for having me. So Chris, tell us about the principles your business is founded on. Coming into the skincare industry and the beauty industry in general, we knew that we had to do something purposeful, something that was for function, but most importantly, something that didn't compromise our ecosystem and our planet. So when it came down to hopping in with Sistine, we decided to formulate products that were inspired by the Earth's four spheres and the protective and nourishing properties that we naturally get from our planet. So we took that principle and used it as a way to formulate our skincare products now. And, and that's what we're based on. Big picture, what goals do you have for your business? Okay, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have so many major goals, but it's the baby steps first. But, you know, where we really see ourselves in the next five to 10 years is just being a household name for the leading eco-conscious skincare brands out there. So let's talk about logistics. Where do most of your supplies come from? Where do you manufacture and how do you get your products to your customers? 
Right. So the majority of our products are actually made in Canada. And we made a big, bold move recently where a lot of our products have been tried and tested and true, but we've decided to cut down our cabinet just a little bit. And when we think about like the componentry, those items are made abroad. So we source those from China and other countries in Asia. So once they've landed in Canada, how do you Mm -hmm. get your products out to your customers? So once we get our componentry, we do our filling and packing with our product that's made in Canada, they go to our vendors, partners that we have. So there's obviously like a process there that you have to go through. There's a certain amount of weeks lead time to get them to shelves, but that's typically how it works. And then we have our D2C from our online site that it goes directly from us to our end user. For the most part, we've been doing the majority of this on our own. And we've just found not too long ago, a small filling company that was able to help us along the way. But in the very beginning, I would say for the first year and a half, it was just me and my team and my and my partner just filling, filling, filling. We all know that the last few years have been challenging for small and medium-sized businesses in Canada. What's your biggest challenge as of right now? Well, as of right now, it's supply chain. Like we're all affected. And I think a lot of businesses, small businesses like my own, who are in the same field as me, if not anything in production or manufacturing, we're dealing with the same issues. Okay, hold that thought, Chris, because I want to bring in our next guest, Mandy Renahan. Mandy is known as the Blue Collar CEO. She's a public speaker, philanthropist, award-winning entrepreneur, and trade industry ambassador. She runs a multi-million dollar retail renovation company named Freshco, not to be confused with the grocery store. The construction and renovation industries have faced huge supply chain challenges in the past few years. They've had to do what needed to be done in order to move forward. And that has involved a lot of determination and out-of-the-box thinking. Mastering supply chain logistics has proven critical to the survival of individual businesses. It's also critical to rebooting our economy in general. Mandy Renahan has firsthand experience grappling with these issues at a high level. Our show is called Build It Braver. And Mandy, I feel like you've literally done that with your renovation business. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. And wow, let's talk about character building. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're you're a character, so I I can't wait to get into it. So, Mandy, tell me, let's get a quick overview of what Freshco, not the grocery store, but the renovation company, what does Freshco do? Well, listen, we'll make this story very thin because it is it is very chubby. Let me tell you the story. So the reality (laughs) is, is that, you know, when you look at what I do, Freshco really is a facilities company that has construction divisions in it. All the stores in the world, Fortune 500 retailers that you love to shop at, we basically maintain them and we help reshape their brand whenever they need Ah. a facelift. So, you know, we really are the dental hygienist and almost the plastic surgeons (laughs) of retail. So Mandy, can you talk about the scale of the business that you operate? So if you had to estimate what kind Mm -hmm. of volume of inventory and supplies are you dealing with at any given period with Freshco? So we're the company that they look at and say, look, this is the blueprint. Here's what it is. We want it done here and you need to do it. So what's happened is, is that at any given time, cross-border, we're probably shipping or procuring probably upwards of three or four million dollars each week of product back and forth. So there'll be a brand that comes to us and say, listen, we want the whole front of our glass 
completely revamped and we want it tinted and we want this to happen. So the next thing you know, we have our sourcing and procurement going out to market to find out how do we get that spec. The problem is, is that everybody through the pandemic wants that same exact spec around the world. <laughs> so, right. so that will just give you an idea of how many insurmountable things that have happened in this and how do you keep your client happy? But for you, Chris, it's your every single individual customer. Exactly. Right? So there's an intimacy that the business that you're in that's a little bit different than the one that I'm in. Mandy, you heard Chris talking about some of the supply chain challenges her company has been facing. I imagine, obviously, you've had your own with Freshco. Do you have a story that stands out for you? Yeah, so so one of the things that I was listening with Chris, and I, and I just want to tell you, bravo and welcome to entrepreneurship, first of <laughs> you. all. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and all, all the so-called, you know, luxuries that people tell you go with that. Um, so, so I think that, you know, you definitely started your company with, with what I call the gale force winds. I'm an East Coaster, <laughs> the gale force winds, you know, of being in a pandemic. And I, and I think it's also brings light to the fact that you and I do share similar challenges right now. But what I was hearing about you, you've basically developed an ethical light to the brand that you've brought in. And I love the fact that you're doing it in Canada but also when you look at what are the parts of the earth, as you say, that sustain our ecosystem, you have a geographical bottleneck that you're facing. Absolutely. You know, can I get them here? Right. And the, and the, one of the questions I had for you, Chris, is that those particular products that you're bringing in, do they need to be temperature controlled through logistics? Yeah, no, not at all. It's just a componentry. So when I'm speaking to that, it's more so like the glass packaging, mm-hmm. the the pumps, the caps, the vessels that are going to hold the skincare in place. So, and in our outer packaging boxes, we've tried to really maximize what we can get here in Canada, but it's just that when it comes to packaging, there's no competing when it comes to abroad in Asia. Like you just cannot get the level of margin. So we're stuck in this position where if we need to keep our brand and not compromise the way we market our brand, we have no choice but to go abroad and order from there. And so that that holdup has been a lot of the issue. So Chris, I have a question for you just because I, I heard you talk about how you really want to be that front runner. Is your product, not only is it eco, you know, sustainable, mm-hmm. it, it, which makes you proprietary in the market, is that correct? Well, I think a lot of brands want to do kind of the same thing, but they do it differently than us. They, they do it as a means to check off a box to say, okay, well, yeah, I guess we're using okay. recyclable packaging. Yay, we're, we're sustainable. And it's like, no, our ethos, who we are as a brand, that that is literally what we are. We, we won't deviate away from it. But if we're relying 100% on our business in China to do that, we are at a really tough spot right now if this continues to get any worse. But bringing those into Canada is something that we still have to rely on because we can't get that made here. Tooling can cost, you know, anywhere from $20,000 to $50,000 just to create your own unique glass bottle. It's just a long-term investment that a lot of businesses, especially uh, brands that start in the beauty industry, don't really think of those things, especially if they're trying to not compromise on our environment. So so I want to tell you as a consumer and with a partner who absolutely cares as much about her face as everyone else's, I want to tell you that 
One of the things that I'm hearing from you is the passion is off the charts. Thank you for that. But I also want to say that one of the things that I believe that you're underselling yourself on is the fact that I believe, because I'm in both markets, the Canadian and the U.S. market, one of the things you got to realize is that if you're going overseas into these different geographical, what I say, bottlenecks of supply chains, you got to realize that you're no different than anyone else. Right. Because I believe that people would pay that extra money for the proprietary line that you're bringing to the table. You're listening to Business Class, Build It Braver, and I'm Vivian Kay. With us on this episode are Mandy Renahan, the blue collar CEO behind global renovation company Freshco, and Chris Lunardo of Sistine. I can't wait to hear what else Mandy has to say about navigating supply chain issues through the twists and turns of the rapidly shifting economy. That's next. But first, here's a quick suggestion. If you're a small business owner, when this episode is over, go and check out American Express Business Class. This is a fantastic online resource that provides modern education through compelling stories, timely tips, and inspiring insights from business experts, industry leaders, and savvy entrepreneurs. It's basically a whole world of great ideas for today's business leaders. You can learn more at amex.ca forward slash business class. Okay, let's get back to our conversation with Chris and Mandy. They say that the best laid plans of mice and men can often go wrong. This has never been more clear than over the past couple of years as we've watched our international supply chains buck and swerve in response to what I'll just politely call some variability (laughs) in the global economic picture. So we've talked about some of the most common areas to watch in general when it comes to managing supply chain issues. But now I want to delve into how to manage those issues while in the midst of rampant economic shape-shifting. Chris, you mentioned that your biggest challenge right now is managing supply chain. What specific questions do you have about this? I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, questions, but how do I see this shifting in the future for me as a small business? And in terms of scalability, like to speak to what Maddie's saying, how do we leverage different alternatives? All of our products are made in Canada and we have multiple suppliers for that, but the alternates that were happening across, you know, in Asia, you know, if we have like three or four different suppliers, they're still all based in Asia. So it doesn't really help me if we have like many of them, but they're still on the same continent, right? I think it's just a matter of how we can wait to scale as much as possible to be able to fund, if you will, our own tooling and manufacturing here in North America and in Canada in general, so that we don't have that issue. It's the fundamental part of business that you've come into. Like, Technology in supply chain management is one of the most crucial things that I think a lot of small companies, of course, you know, are realizing that, you know, when you're able to follow things daily and you're able to actually, you you now have to manage the logistics behind your product. Mm -hmm. So integrating that with your vendors so that they're able to see, hey, you know, this is why Chris is having this issue. So it gives them visibility into the actual issues that you're having, which is a transparency that really will set you apart too. So if you're using that integrative system to show your client that visibility and that transparency, that will also put you in a different box 
I guess, Chris, the reality is that you are going to have to do a whole divisional pivot in your company because of the logistics nightmare behind the business that you've gone in. You fundamentally are going to have to curate something that somebody before you probably didn't have to do because this isn't going away anytime soon. I know. And I I know that you know that. So Mandy, in general terms, what are some of the biggest areas of concern when it comes to managing supply chain? So if you had to name three things. The fact that right now, small businesses and medium-sized businesses have been put in the realities that we're managing other companies to get our product. So right out the gate, you have to have the back of house administration and they have to be very clear on the different platforms that they're using, like you know, EDIs or basically management software that has everybody talking and the importance behind that. The second thing is, is that we have to diversify quickly into who we didn't think could get us this product. And what I mean by that is one of the things that we've done is that everything needs to be transparent to your customer of you've done all your homework, you've exhausted every part of what you're going through so that they understand because they there needs to be credibility in what you're telling them. And the third thing is that you have to remain vigilant on what your brand is going to be when it grows up throughout this. Right. Because a lot of times we stay very focused on where we were a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And we have to realize is that what are the opportunities with what I just mentioned in one and one and two, that's going to allow you to potentially take more control over the fundamental finance behind your business. And that's one of the things that I say to everybody is this pushes you to rely less on the companies and the suppliers that you are just a number. Right. So you start reaching out to other people that are having similar issues and how do you work? And, you know, so for me, this becomes the ecosystem behind your family in entrepreneurship. Chris, I know the renovation business is not the skincare business, but dealing with variability in the supply chain is something that touches basically every industry. So far from listening to Mandy's experience with Freshco, what ideas come to mind for things that you would like to try with Sistine in order to stay flexible enough to handle these disruptions? Mandy's point about your team needs to expand in a way, right? So there's no more thinking how we did in the very beginning when it was just me and my partner, Mateo. It's more so of, okay, that was us year one, very beginning. Now we're two years in and it's like, That whole mentality of trying to stretch how much further we can go, just the two of us, is not feasible for the long term. And we know that, you know, with our new partnerships that we have, like our orders are going to grow exponentially. Mandy, we have talked about how important it is to use this crisis to try and better understand supply chain vulnerabilities and to reassess supply networks, as you mentioned. So are there any other process innovations that business owners should consider? And what are you doing differently these days? So what I would say is one of the things we did at Freshco was look at the analytics and say, do we want to be a global company that sells to everybody? Mm -hmm. Or do we want to primarily say that we're a Canadian product and a company? And the reason why I say that is, is because what happens is, is a lot of times everybody goes to the bigger suppliers 
right? Because they got the better pricing. But they right now have the exact same issues Mm -hmm. as the smaller brands. And so that's what's almost made the table a little bit level for the first time. So I'm saying that right now it's worth a billion dollars for you and your team to really look at what we did. Instead of us using two suppliers, you know, on each side of the border, now we're using four suppliers on each side of the border because not just one of them could give us what we needed. So not only are we supporting them, we're actually using our ability to give them all of the experience we have to make them better. And what I'm saying to you is, is that there's sometimes the ability for you to eat a cheeseburger, a fry and a milkshake for (laughs) only the calories of that burger. You know, that's the analogy I'm going to use. And right now I see that right now in Canada, if you take one part of your business and focus on how can you meet that demand by going to the Canadian part of the business and be part of that, you know, incubator, Because I think that the one of the things we have to realize is that your vendors are looking at you and saying, we want the product. We want it here on time. We want it to be exactly what we want it to be. And here are our price points. But I also would tell you this. Now, I know that you have an online presence, but you have to bring in a pilot that really, truly plays to the higher market of going local that can meet your timelines. Absolutely. I I totally agree with that. We're basically looking at where we're at and saying, We've got like 70 customers right now that rely on us to be innovative. And and, and at the end of the day, you know, people will say, yeah, but my hands are tied. Your clients don't want to hear that. And so what happens is, is that you have to look and managing what we've started doing is through different systems and technology. Not only are we putting the transparency out there that we've exhausted it, but what we're doing is we're coming up with solutions And sometimes those solutions cost more money, but that's just too freaking bad. Mm -hmm. That's the price of doing business. It's the price (laughs) of doing business. Figure it out. Right. And so one of the things at Freshco and one of the things that we've even done, you know, in the Mandy Co brand and everything associated with that is that the people that you build through this process are going to be your innovators on the ground, which are looking for solutions. Mandy, do you have any final thoughts for Chris? And what are your key takeaways or tips that you have for our audience? I I think that, you know, we're able to be authentic and real with our thoughts that, you know, let's just be honest, entrepreneurship can be a freaking kick in the teeth. And I mean, if you look at mine, other than the coffee stains right now, it's been kicked in and grown back straighter and whiter more times than you can imagine. And And one of the advice I give to all the people out there that look at it, It's more than rewarding. You know, it defines who you are as a person. And one of the things that for me is there's an opportunity in getting your teeth kicked in. And it's not just them, you know, coming back straighter and whiter. It's it's about the fact that you've got more to chew on. And what people focus on is they focus on what's not working. You need to focus on what can work. And you also need to focus on the fact that what people want today, even your customers, is they want to know you. Your brand, Sistine, is great. 
But at the end of the day, your customers want to know what who you are right. and what makes you tick and what are you doing? Because if you think for one minute that that name, nobody can hide behind a name. People today will call you out on that in 3.6 seconds. <laughs> of course. So Chris, I've made millions by just waking up like this. And that's a lesson to everybody. Stop trying to check a box and be the present inside of it. It's been amazing to listen to these two gutsy entrepreneurs on how they've been innovating and diversifying and just figuring out when it comes to navigating the constantly shifting sands of the COVID era supply chain. Chris, hearing all about Sistine and your passion for skincare, beauty, and the earth has been super inspiring. I know that you're going to manage the heck out of your supply chain. And Mandy, what a trailblazer, what a firecracker. Your whole approach to innovation when it comes to dealing with supply chain is such an inspiration. I think it's something that I personally needed to hear right now. So thanks to both of you for coming on Build It Braver and sharing your business stories and insights. Thank you, Vivian. Big bear hug. Really appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) This season has been amazing. I've spoken to some incredible mentors on this show, so make sure you go back and listen to some of those episodes. If you do, you're going to get a crash course in small business ownership Everything from brand building to managing cash flow to how to hire the right team and how to maximize your impact online. I'm Vivian Kay. Thanks again for listening to Business Class, Builder Braver, and may you continue to prosper. 